Thanks, Jim and Casey. Well, welcome. It is good to see you all. If I have not had the chance to meet you before, my name is Pastor Barry. I'm the pastor here at Thrive Church. And uh, Jacques, that was pretty cool. He had the honor of being the first one. We had, we had kind of a, a soft launch last week, but today is the day, and we've been looking forward to this. Uh, and it's just good to see you all. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, we're gonna, we have some fun things that we're going to be doing this morning, and um, not the least of which is I'll be sharing out of the Word of God, which is always a good thing. Uh, but I, wanna do, I do want to talk about Thrive Groups for just a minute. Um, they are starting this week, and uh, as Jim mentioned, we have three Thrive Groups. That, say that three times fast. Three Thrive Groups that will be uh, offered this, this time around, which I'm really excited about because last time we, all of our Thrive Groups were on a Tuesday night. Uh, and now we have one on Tuesday night, we have one on Wednesday night, and we have one on Thursday night. And so hopefully that creates some space for you uh, to be able to attend a Thrive, Thrive group. Why, why be a part of a Thrive? Man, I'm just, uh, I'm all tongue-tied. <laughs> a Thrive group. Uh, why, why be a part of one? Well, as you know, when you come in here on Sunday morning, there's only so much time for you to connect with the people around you. Um, and, and you probably feel this most Sundays, as I do, there's not enough time. And there's people that you want to talk to. I know that most Sundays I leave this place and I go, oh, I didn't get to say hi to that person and that person. And, oh, I wanted to catch up with them about this or, or that. What Thrive Groups gives us the opportunity to connect with our church family during the week, to spend some extra time, to, to share uh, some food together, uh, have a time of worship, and then to just talk about what God's doing in our lives. Our Thrive groups, are, uh, our discussion is based off of what the message is from that, that Sunday before. And so it gives you the opportunity to engage with what, you, what you're hearing here on Sunday out of the Word of God or whatever else God is doing. So it's not this hard, fast, rigid structure or an environment. It's just a place where you can come together uh, with friends, with family, enjoy some time together, talk about what God's doing, and then pray for each other. Uh, there's no pressure to share. Um, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no pressure to, to do anything, really. But I do encourage you to go. It's a, it's a really important part of what we do as a church family. And I want to introduce to you, actually, our Thrive Group leaders for this round. Um, in fact, if I have our, our three couples that are leading Thrive Groups come up and join me, and I want to do this so that you get to see their lovely faces um, and put a, an, a face to the name. You'll see in the bulletin there's a listing uh, and all the, the, the address details of these Thrive Groups right in the bulletin. So if you didn't get a bulletin, make sure to grab one. Um, they'll also be available. The information will be available on our website, thriveglendora.org. So this is Robert and Stacy. Uh, and... Uh, Robert and Stacey are actually fairly new to our church, but they have just jumped right in. Uh, and she, Stacey did one of those French toast dishes out there, and it was, she's a pretty amazing cook. Actually, she's a really amazing cook. Um, but they've just jumped in. They live right here in Glendora and uh, were invited, invited to, to come to our church. In fact, they were here the, the Sunday, your first Sunday, was the day that we announced the name change for the very first time, and the Lord just said, this is where you're supposed to be. Um, and so they've ju jumped right in. Uh, one of the things they expressed early on to me is, 
We love this community, but we're commuting to church. We want to be able to invite people in our neighborhood to our home and to our church. And I thought, you guys sound like Thrive Group leaders. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I asked if they would lead. So you guys are going to be leading on Tuesday nights. Uh, their, their home is actually just south of the 210, kind of where that, the golf course is. They're, they're right over in that neighborhood, so they're nice and nearby. So Tuesday nights at 6.30 at Robert and Stacy's house. And then you've met Jim and Casey already this morning. Uh, Jim and Casey will be leading a life group, a Thrive Group. I'm going to do that a few times. A Thrive Group uh, right here in Glendora as well on Wednesday nights at 6.30. Um, and then the Sturgeons, Andrew and Melissa Sturgeon right here. Um, and, and they have, they have uh, Thursday nights, they'll be leading a Thrive group, and you have our one non-Glendora Thrive group, uh, and they'll be in Laverne, and so their address is uh, in the bulletin there. So these are our Thrive group leaders, get to know them. I know they've already been out there recruiting people, um, and so uh, if they've not talked to you, then go find them and say, hey, I want to come to your Thrive group. But be a part of a Thrive group. Uh, engage in that and let God connect with you and grow you in ways that uh, really you, you can't even dream or imagine. Sound good? All right, let's give it up for these. Thank you for coming up. <clears throat> well, before I jump into the message, I want to invite Patrick Crowder to come join me. Um, Patrick, do we, do we have the microphone? Let me grab that from you. Um, it's rolling around. Um, Patrick is our area pastor for Foursquare. He oversees a group of, how many pastors? It's about 22 of us. 22 pastors, and uh, and so he is our area pastor. You also pastor a church Mm -hmm. in Laverne, Uh right? Tell us a little bit about your church. Well, it's it's an odd church, so it gives me freedom to be uh, other places on Sunday morning. We uh, are doing a a house church uh, network on uh, Sunday nights, primarily targeted to the uh, eight colleges that are within five miles of our house. Awesome. So last week we baptized uh, a uh, Chinese girl. She was flying back Tuesday to China, and uh, a couple of years ago my wife handed her a Bible somewhere. God just said, give that woman uh, your Bible. Wow. And it was one that was all marked up. And two years later she called and said, do you remember giving me a Bible two years ago? And, uh, and she said, I want to meet with you. And so uh, my wife, um, who's in Colorado on grandmother duty today or would be with us, uh, went and met with uh, Emma, is what her English name is, and, uh, and then t- during the summer discipled her, and then we baptized her last Sunday night. So oh, that was a lot great. of fun. So anyway, uh, we're doing those kinds of things awesome. uh, in, our, in our house church network, uh, mostly targeted internationals and, and students. That's so good. Um, Patrick and Mindy, his wife, have a heart for pastors, and in fact, you're doing doctoral work yes. in, in pastoral care and caring for pastors, which uh, if you've had a chance to chat with Megan and I, is right up our alley, and so we've quickly fallen in love with this couple, and then we get to serve under their care in this area, and so when I knew we were doing this launch this morning, I'd invited Patrick and said, would you come and, and be with us? And, um, we, and, then, and then invited him to bring a blessing and just pray over us this morning. I am here. Uh, you know, I represent, you guys are part of a huge family. And so there's the 20 churches, 22 churches that we're part of in our area. But then uh, Fernando Castillo, our district supervisor, mm-hmm. uh, helps coordinate uh, a relationship among 220 of us in, in Nevada Arizona, Southern California, Hawaii, yeah. and then that's part of 1,800 churches, I guess, nationwide, yeah. uh, four-square churches, and then ultimately Glen Burris 
helps lead our uh, family of churches uh, worldwide, which is over 75,000. Yeah. The number keeps changing all the time. But isn't yeah, it, it great to know you're part of a family and that your pastor is part of a family so that there's uh, mutual accountability, yeah. uh, relationship, encouragement? And so we're one expression of that right here today. It's exciting to be here and, and to actually help represent uh, those guys who love you and uh, who are excited about where Thrive Church is headed. I write up GMR all the time. So, that, you know, I, the most thriving thing I do probably in my life is writing up GMR. And then, really, the thriving thing is writing down, down. GMR. It's so much fun. <laughs> and when my wife is uh, not with me or when she's just encouraging me to go on, I go flying down GMR and get up to about 50 miles an hour. And so the idea wow. of thriving, yeah. though, this is exactly... Uh, a place where people come from all over Southern California with a feeling that this is the place that they thrive. So yeah. I thought uh, even the match to the, to, the, to the area right here, just within blocks, this is the place people think of thriving. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's good. So I want to pray for the, the church. Um, I did this morning, I, I saw that you guys are doing the uh, Solid Life Bible reading process. And so this week I was in there also. Uh, I go through there. In fact, uh, I, I do it on version, mm -hmm. and the other day I opened up and I said, what are these events thing? And I opened up events and it said, you should go to Thrive Church and told me I should be here. So uh, uh, in the version, though, when I was doing uh, th this morning, I felt just being drawn back to uh, John 15 today. I thought for personal reasons, there's some things the Lord's speaking to me, but it also such a promise for this church. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously John 10, 10, we came, to, he came that we might have life and life abundant fits this church. But John 15 is all about the gardener coming in, you know, and pruning and changing and transitioning and, and doing something for that next season of growth. And he mm -hmm. makes some huge promises there. He says, I want you to bear much fruit. I came that you'd bear much. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And so Jesus has chosen this church. He's chosen uh, Barry and Megan. He's chosen each one of you that's been assigned here to this church and uh, it felt so, uh, if I use this word, pregnant this morning as I drove mm. up. Uh, I planted a church 25 years ago in a school, and, and the life that was just flowing out of the school, uh, as I drove up, I just felt such an excitement about this next season, that it's been a time where the Lord's uh, preparing for that next expansion of growth for this church. You can just feel it. Lots of love. Uh, lots of acceptance everywhere I turn, hugs. You know, I felt so loved. I kept thinking, man, I could come to this church. I thought, no, I can't do that. I'm not, I can't do that. I love this church. And uh, this is a great church. I'm, I'm in a different church almost every Sunday morning, and this is a great church. Now, I'm not just giving you words. I'm telling you, this. there is something alive and happening here that Jesus is up to. And so I just want to pray that promise of John 15. He chose this church to bear much fruit to thrive, Amen. and for each person here, the same thing in your own lives. Father, I, I lift Thank up Barry Lord. and Megan and, and the leaders of this church and all of the members of this church, all the various ones who serve in so many different ways, and you could see them everywhere thriving this morning, uh, greeting and loving, and, and just uh, every, every spot that I, I came into, there was someone serving and loving. And so, Lord, you feel the life flow that's happening here, the life of Jesus that's, that's going forth from here, Lord, the love for one another. Another thing you say there in John 15, Lord, you, you say love one another. 
And that, Lord, in that, somehow we bear much fruit. So I pray, Father, the things you've chose this church for, the things you planted it here in Glendora for, those things that have been um, sort of impregnated into this church, but they haven't yet fully given birth. Lord, I ask you to bring forth the fullness of what you have in mind. I ask you, Lord, to cause each home to thrive, each individual to thrive, Lord, each marriage to thrive, each child to thrive, and then ultimately, Lord, for it to affect the city and this area, Lord, that the kingdom of God would thrive here. People would have uh, experiences of the glory and the goodness and the love of God through this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, you know when you prepare for something and you've been getting ready for something and then it arrives and you just can't believe it's there? I know... And you're wondering, well, Pastor Barry's been here for a while. But there's something about giving birth to new things, new seasons, um, that is exciting, a little scary, right? Um, hello? You guys are in food coma. But there's just this underlying, okay, God, what are you about to do? I had assumed I knew what I was going to say this morning right up until about 11.30 last night. <laughs> and the Lord shifted some things, not, not drastically, um, but significantly. And I want to share this, little, this morning a little bit about where we're at and what God's doing a little bit of a picture for the future, um, but then we're going to land on some, something really big today, and we'll get to that in a minute. Why thrive? Why thrive? We sent out postcards to the community to, to let them know that the name of our church was changing, and last week you uh, took cards and you invited friends, and, uh, and, and on that card... It, it posed the question, why thrive? Because I would imagine if I got a postcard in the mail or someone handed me a postcard and said, hey, we've changed our name, you'd probably ask, why? Why, why change your name? And so I want to address that this morning with us. Why thrive? Well, we wrote on the, the card, and the way that we answered that question was simply this, because you were made to thrive. You were made to thrive. You were made to thrive in your faith, in your, your marriage, in your parenting, in your, your family, in your finances, in your work, in your recreation, in everything. You were made to thrive. And as a church, we feel like God is calling us to help people thrive in Christ. That we want to come alongside people. And notice I'm saying we, not I. Because I tell you what, I've been to churches where past the pastor does everything. And, 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 and whatever is, is happening in the church is only because the pastor had the idea. 
Can I just tell you, I've never been to one of those churches where I would say that's a thriving church. We thrive as a church when we, all of us, help each other thrive in Christ. Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul says that you are a minister of the gospel. And it's in this environment that you're supposed to be equipped and trained to go out and do the work of the ministry. What is that work to help people thrive in Christ? No matter what that looks like, it'll take on all different kinds of shapes and forms. You were made to thrive. And I've talked about this, and, and maybe you're new this morning, so if you've not heard uh, this unpacked fully, but, but when it comes to the, na- the changing of the name of this church, I shared a couple of months ago, I was resistant. I didn't want to change the name of the church. I thought, Lord, there's been too much change. And it's at that point the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, this isn't your church, this is my church. And if I want to change the name of my church, I'm going to change the name of my church. And it was a, just a great point of correction for me. So we started walking in obedience with our leadership, with our church council. Megan and I are praying together and saying, okay, God, what, is, what are you doing? What are you up to? And Thrive was the name that was birthed in our hearts and affirmed, and you all voted. Our denomination approved that name, and here we are today celebrating a new season for us. There's a significance in the changing of names. In Scripture, we see multiple people whose names are changed. Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Simon became Peter. And Saul became Paul. And even others whose names were changed, not just because, well, hey, I'm tired of the old one, but because God, in calling them into a new season of life and ministry and calling them out of uh, other places, said, I, I'm not going to let you stay in an old identity. I want to call you into something new. In the case of Abram, it wasn't that his past was bad, but God knew what his future was, and he says, I want to give you a new identity for a new season, a new season of blessing. And so we see that names are important. Name changes are important. Probably the place that we see that the most in our culture is on someone's wedding day where a bride takes on the name of her husband and aligns herself biblically, becoming one flesh and leaving mother and father and cleaving and saying, I'm, I'm taking on your name. It's the most visible and outward sign that we have in our culture. Why? For a new season, a new home, a new family, a new purpose, and a new destiny. Today is about what God wants to do in the future. And so we celebrate Thrive not just because it's a name, but because it's going somewhere. It's, he's leading us somewhere. Does that make sense? God's, God's moving. So I wanted to take time this morning and really talk about our vision and our mission and, and what I feel like God's just kind of stirring and there's things that are just below the surface that I feel like God's going to bring into the open uh, in the very near future. Things that you've even shared with me saying, Pastor Barry, I just feel like God's moving. He's getting ready to do something. And there's this, that, oh, what's it going to be like? feels a little like Christmas, which isn't too far off. So I do, want to, I do want to read our vision, and I'm going to talk about our mission for a minute, but we're not going to land there today. 
So what is our vision? Our vision is this, helping people thrive in Christ. Helping people thrive in Christ. Simple. What's a vision? Why do we use the term vision? Well, vision is this. When we look down the road and dream about what God's going to do here, that's our vision. My dream, when I dream for this church, when I dream for you, is that there wouldn't be tens or hundreds of thousands, but there would be hundreds of thousands of people who would say, you know what, my life is thriving because someone from some church in Glendora came alongside of me and helped me thrive in Christ. That men and women and boys and girls around the world would say because of obedience and someone from, from someone who lived in Glendora, California, went to a church in Glendora, California, my life is different. That's what I dream. That means that all of us as a church, every one of us engages with Jesus in a way that transforms our lives because you can't help people thrive in Christ if you're not thriving in Christ. And so it starts here with us. But I see explosive impact for our church as God moves in and through each one of you to the ends of the earth. For weeks and, and, and months and years to come, that God would move in that way. That's the vision. That's when we look ahead and we believe, I believe with all my heart, that's in line with God's heart for our church. Our mission is this. Our mission is how we accomplish the vision. So we have this vision, but how do we make it a reality? I could say to you, hey, I want to go to New York. I have this vision of driving cross country to New York. Some of you are like, oh, no, no, no. I'll take, it. I'll take a plane. <laughs> However, you want to get to New York. I have a vision to get to New York. Mission, though, is saying, what am I going to do? What steps am I going to take to actually get there? I'm going to book a ticket, or I'm going to, you know, get my car ready and get gas in the tank and map out the way. So our mission is how we accomplish our vision, and it's four statements uh, wrapped up into one. We exist to help, help people, not helping people. We exist to help people thrive in Christ by knowing God, growing as disciples, serving like Jesus, and going to the world to reach others. That's what we're about. That's our mission. Knowing, growing, serving, going. And uh, if you've been at the church for any amount of time, you're probably familiar with this because this is the vision that God gave a year ago. Long before the name came and the name changed, this vision was birthed. Knowing God, growing as disciples, serving like Jesus, and going into all the world. Why? So we can reach people so that they can know God. And start that whole process all over again. It's intentional. It's focused. It's tailor-made for each one of us. Because can we just agree this morning? We're not all at the same points in our journey of faith. We're not at the same place of growth. And so we need different kinds of help as we grow in Christ. But that's our mission. And we're going to talk about that some more. And of course, this would be nothing if it weren't based in Scripture and so John 10.10 10 is our key passage. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And you don't have to look hard around. You have to struggle to see that the enemy is stealing and killing and destroying daily. 
in the world around us. But Jesus says that he has come that we, we would have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants you to thrive. Jesus has called you to thrive. Jesus has made you to thrive. Proverbs 12.3 says this, No one is established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will never be moved. I love the, the, the picture of thrive and, and, uh, and the growth that takes place, even an organic growth when you plant a seed in the ground and it germinates and it starts sending roots down and it establishes itself and then it starts growing as a plant or a tree and then starts producing fruit. The writer of Proverbs says that no one is established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous, our root, the roots that are established in our lives in Christ will never be moved. Promise of God's word to us. And then Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not weather. Wither in all that he does, he prospers. Anyone want to prosper this morning? Amen? In all... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a page out of Casey's book. Everyone say all. all. Oh, come on, we can do better. All. all. All that he does prospers. Everything, not partially, not a little bit here, a little bit there. All that he does prospers. That's thriving. Thriving, blessed, Abounding happiness, the delight of the Lord, established as someone who's been planted strong. And in the seasons, good seasons and difficult seasons, producing fruit. And then John 15, 5, a good passage. Thank you, Patrick. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And it's on that note that I want to shift our focus this morning. If we can put the vision statement back up. Helping people thrive in Christ. There are two words that I want to focus on this morning for the rest of our time together. And it's the words, in Christ. In Christ. See, as I mentioned earlier, today is not about logos and names and new colors and banners and branding. and It's not about that. Those are all simply tools that help us reach our community. But when we boil it down, when we strip everything else away, the most critical thing is those two words, in Christ. See, we could have just said our vision is to help people thrive. We could have done that. We could have done that, especially because for some people, throwing Jesus in might be offensive. Or we do a bait and switch, helping people thrive, and then they get here and say, oh, by the way. But right up front, we're about helping people thrive in Christ, because without Jesus, I have nothing to offer you. Without Jesus, you have nothing to offer each other. Without Jesus, this church has nothing. 
It's all about helping people thrive in Christ. And I want to illustrate this this morning for us just in a, in a practical, practical way. I want to introduce you to someone I know. His name is Guy or Gal. This is Guy or Gal. I was going to try and give him a name, but I just couldn't come up with a good one. So Guy or Gal. So, so this is a Guy or Gal that you know, or maybe it's even you. And, uh, and they're living their life. That circle is their life. And, uh, and it's, it's not a bad life, because they live in Glendora, and, you know, it's a nice place. There's gumdrop trees, come on, and GMR. Um, grew up in this community, as so many have, never going anywhere else. It's amazing to me how many people I meet in Glendora are like, oh, yeah, I went to Sellers, and I went to Goddard, and I went to Glendora High School, and I attended Citrus or APU, and I'm like, my goodness. Wow, that's it's actually pretty cool. And now my kids go, it's it's incredible. So 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 guy or gal has a spouse. Uh, there's a couple I met at a football game, Glendora football game, and, and they both graduated from Glendora High School, so you know they're alma mater and they're all excited. But then um, the junior dog pound, which is all the middle school students who go and cheer, um, they were they were firing out with a t-shirt cannon, uh, Goddard middle school t-shirts. Why well, she went to Goddard and he went to, to uh, Sandberg. And all of a sudden there was this venom. I couldn't believe it. I thought, you guys live in the same city, you went to the same high school. So the only thing they had to, to really be in contention about was their middle school. It was, it was pretty amazing. But, but Let's say they met at Glendora High School and started dating and fell in love and, and got married. And so a uh, guy or gal has a spouse and they, they've set up their lives together. And, and in fact, they've now had a couple of kids, uh, 2.4 kids actually. Um, and and they, they have a home and, and life is good. And, and guy or gal has some friends that they like to hang out with and spend time with. And, uh, and, and so you see how these circles all kind of lay over the top of each other, right? You know what this is called. Anyone remember the name of these? Venn diagrams. Hey, thank you. <laughs> it's a Venn diagram. And you see there's, there's an overlap. But you see the guy or gal has their life, their identity, their personality. But there's these little overlays, right? I have my spouse as a part and the kids. And, and really, those, even those circles should be overlapping as well. But... Um, but I have some friends, and I hang out with my friends, and we go out for coffee, or, uh, you know, we, we've known each other for years, and there's this circle of people that I'm connected with. And, and um, Guy or Gal has a job, because they went to uh, APU and got a degree, and, uh, and it was a good degree, and so they, they got a good job, and, and so they work. They go to their, their job, and, and they don't not enjoy their work. In fact, they're, they kind of like their job, and it's a good job. And... Uh, and it's just what they do. Um, and of course, because they work, they have money. And so finances come into the picture. And so there's this financial aspect to life. And, and a guy and gal also likes to relax. And so they, they have fun. They have recreation. Uh, maybe a boat that they go out to the river with or, you know, play on a, a softball team or ride up GMR, which I don't see as being a whole lot of fun. Um, <laughs> But it's a part of their lives. It's something that they do. You get the picture. And at some point, 
maybe when they were a kid or, or since they were born or maybe even later in life, they got connected with a church. And someone brought faith into their lives. And so there's this aspect of faith. And so you can see that guy or gal has all of these different components to life. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things that, that are happening. Spouse, kids, work, finances, friends, and trying to juggle it all. Trying to keep it all balanced. And, but, but life's not bad. It's not bad. Life's, it's okay. But it's not thriving. And I'll tell you why it's not thriving. Is that faith component doesn't belong there. See, when we say we're designed and we're, our, our, we exist as a church to help people thrive in Christ, let's not even talk about the vision of the church. Jesus wants me to thrive in my relationship with him, which means that he's not a part of my life. He's this. That's thriving in Christ, where Jesus has an active role, and I invite him into every aspect of who I am. It's Jesus in my marriage. It's Jesus in my parenting. It's Jesus in my work, in my friendships, in my finances, in my recreation, in everything. If Jesus is left out of the picture, you're not thriving. So someone might say, well, but my life's pretty good. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I would even say I'm content. We're not about helping people just thrive. We're about helping people thrive in Christ because this changes everything. This absolutely changes everything. In fact, areas of my life that I would say, I'm doing okay. When I invite Jesus into the picture, I realize I'm actually not doing that great. I could be doing better. And how often you hear of people, or maybe you don't, I've heard stories of people who said, you know, I served Jesus my whole life and I was doing this job and I thought it was a good job and I was getting good money, but I got to this point in my relationship with the Lord, I started going deeper, I was in the word more and I just really started paying attention to what he was saying to me and all of a sudden God says, hey, you're not doing the work that I called you to do. But, but it's a good job, yeah, but it's not the right job. The Bible says that God causes it to rain on both the righteous and on the wicked. So, so there's people doing the wrong things, not even living good lives. I mean, we're talking guy and gal who have a good life. There are people who don't have this, where those circles don't overlap anymore and it's more fractured and things are hurting and painful. People living a good life saying, you know what? I got to a point where Jesus started speaking to me and addressing things in my life, and I realized I missed God's call on my life. And even though it was good, it wasn't right. Even though it was good, it wasn't right. I am not thriving. If Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. My professors, Chuck and Barbara Middlebrook at Life Pacific College years and years ago. I remember Chuck, uh, Barbara, rather, Systematic Theology 1, stood up and made that statement. He's either Lord of all 
or not at all? Are you thriving? Put your, put your name in there. Maybe you have some of those things, or maybe you want some of those things. Maybe you've lost some of those things. Does Jesus make up a part of your life, or is he your life? To say that we're Thrive Church is just words, just a name. And you can go around saying, oh, I'm, I'm a Thrive Church. I'm, I'm a Thrive Church. And you can say thrive 100,000 times. It doesn't mean it's going to make you thrive. The thriving part of what we're about is in Christ and only ever about being in Christ, that he is Lord of all. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul says this, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You are hidden with Christ. Your life should be hidden in Christ. It should look like that circle where Jesus covers every part of who you are. So that when things don't go well, I don't go running to my faith component of my life and try and now leverage whatever I've picked up along the way here and there and try and now introduce it after the fact and try and make things better. Now, don't, don't hear me wrong. The Bible's not just the Bible. Jesus himself said that in this life we will have trouble. That there will be opposition. We will have bad days. There will be things that happen that are out of our control that we don't understand and that, quite frankly, will just hurt a lot. But take heart, for I have overcome the world, is what he says. So, so thriving in Christ is not an insurance policy against things not going sideways in your life. But what it does provide is an anchor for your soul. As Hebrews says, I have this faith in Jesus Christ as an anchor for my soul, which means that no matter what happens, Micah, can we put the, 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 the circle back up? No matter what happens in any of those, and, and I left out a whole bunch, there's so much more. Your health, your emotions, Right? All kinds of things that we can keep adding to this. And of course, we're familiar with this coming out of EHS, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. See, what happens with iceberg spirituality is I make Jesus the Lord of the part that you can see and everything else. I keep away from him. But when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, you don't have that luxury or that option. He says we are hidden in Christ, every part of who you are, every part of who you've been and who you will be is supposed to be hidden with Christ. Paul says it, it there in, in Colossians. He says, you've been raised with Christ. You, you, were, you were dead. 
You were dead in your sin. You were dead in your transgressions. There was no life, and you couldn't bring life to yourself. There was no self-resuscitating. But you have been raised to life with Christ. And because you've been raised with Christ, now seek the things that are above. And I think in our culture, there's this idea that if, if I take if I take my, my faith too seriously that the people around me are going to think I'm a weirdo, don't worry about it. They already think you're a weirdo, so it's all good. No, they, you're going to think you're a weirdo and some Jesus fanatic. We had a couple in our church in Anchorage who, who they were our neighbor, and, and, and we got to, to lead them to Jesus. We got to pray with them, and they gave their lives to the Lord, the whole family. It was amazing. And within a few weeks, they were coming over to us going, Barry and Megan, it's just gotten weird with our family and friends. See, because before we would joke around and laugh, and now they're like, ooh, sorry, I can't talk like that around you because now you're a, one of those Jesus people. And they were having to reconcile, now how do I have this relationship with Jesus and still have this relationship with my friends? And what happens all too often is that people go, Jesus is too difficult, I'm just going to go back to the way it was. And, and Paul says, no, don't set your sights on the things that are below. Does it mean those friends aren't important? They're totally important, they're your friends. But they cannot take the place of Jesus because that's not thriving. And so I look to the things that are above where Christ is. We sang this morning about fixing our gaze on Jesus. That's what that is. I look to where Jesus is. I, 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 I think this thought, Lord, in this situation, in this moment, in this relationship, in, in this struggle, Jesus, how do you want to reveal yourself in this? How do you want to move in this? And it sets my perspective. I look to where Jesus is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not things on the earth. Set your minds. Set your minds. It's a choice to start thinking in a way that says, I, I want to look at what Jesus has for me. As we've been talking about over these last few weeks, we understand that emotions plays a huge part. In fact, we know that we are five parts, relational, emotional, physical, spiritual, and intellectual. And that each of those matters to us and to the Lord. In fact, he created us with all of those components. But here Paul says, set your minds. Because so often our thinking will determine how we respond in all of those other places. So set your minds on Christ. Things that are above and not things of this world. Does Jesus care about your life here on earth? Absolutely. If he didn't, the moment you said yes to him, he'd just take you to heaven. But this life matters to you and to him. But he needs you to remember that when you're hidden in Christ, you have an eternal perspective, not a temporal one which helps us, church, listen to me, it helps us make better decisions. It helps catapult us into our future and our destiny and not be stuck where we are. It helps us overcome struggles in our relationships. It helps us, Jesus helps us have better marriages 
to train our children up in the ways of the Lord, to be a better friend, to thrive in the workplace, to thrive in our finances, to thrive in our recreation and our fun. Jesus wants you to have fun. It's important to him that you have placed Sabbath in your life, things that you're doing to, to rest and recreate, to be renewed. Those things matter to him. Your life is hidden in Christ. So why thrive? Why thrive? Because when we're hidden in Jesus, when we thrive in Christ, everything changes. And it only changes for the better. It only changes for the better. So this morning as we celebrate, as we've talked about, as we've worshipped, as we shared a meal together, um, as we've launched into this new season of Thrive Church, as I mentioned before, it's not about logos, it's not about names, it's not about banners and branding. It's all about Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning, I want to ask you, are you thriving in Christ? Are you truly thriving in Christ? Is he Lord of all in your life? The most attractive thing to the world is when people love and serve Jesus with all their lives. In fact, Jesus said this, if you will lift me high, I will draw all men to me, to, to myself. What does that look like? It looks like you thriving. See, I was all tied together. Let's stand together this morning. He's Lord of all or not at all. For some, that's a, a statement of rejoicing, and for some, that may, might be a, a little bit of a gulp, a little lump in your throat. Uh, I'm not sure I can say that's true in my life. Not one of us is perfect, and not, every, not one of us is getting it right all the time. That person doesn't exist, at least not in this room. But that we would live our lives in such a way that we would make that our goal. That we would be transformed and conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in every part of who we are. He's Lord of all or not at all. So Lord, this morning, I ask, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would move on hearts God, you've called us to be Thrive Church. You've called us to be a thriving people. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to those places in our lives, in this, this body right now, that are not thriving. Lord, I pray that you would remove blinders and deception and stubbornness. I pray that you would bring healing to wounds and anger, and brokenness. So that, Jesus, we would see you and only you. That we would embrace you in every aspect of our lives. 
that you are the Lord of our lives. You are the Lord of our marriages. You are the Lord of our homes and our, our children. You're the Lord of our work. You're the Lord of our finances. You're the Lord of our friendships. You're the Lord of our recreation. You are Lord of all. You are the Lord of our faith. We declare today, Jesus, that our faith isn't in our faith. Our faith is in Jesus. Our faith isn't in structures and, and buildings and mission statements. Our faith is in Christ alone. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you this morning, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never invited him into your heart, or into your life, if you've never said to him, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of all. And this morning he's been touching and speaking to your heart and you, you would like to take that step today without anyone looking around, just between you and the Lord, and I'm going to agree with you. Would you raise your hand and say yes to him this morning to put him in that primary place in your life? Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else this morning, you've never said yes. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else today? Church, two people just said yes to thriving in Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to pray together, but I want to extend one more invitation. If you're someone who said yes to Jesus, maybe when you were a kid, maybe when you were a teenager, maybe recently, you've said yes to Jesus, but you're recognizing at this moment in time in your life, you're far from thriving. In fact, you maybe have forgotten what thriving looks like or feels like. And you want to realign your life. You want to be hidden in Christ. You want to get back to that place. I want to agree with you this morning. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you recommit your life? Thank you. Thank you. Would you say yes to Jesus again? Anyone else today? This is the celebration that comes. This is the celebration. It's people's lives being transformed for eternity. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I make you Lord of all. I ask you to come and forgive me of my sin, to take me from death to life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to cause my life to thrive as I find myself hidden in you. I commit to follow you in all aspects of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, this...